リンクスタート先輩先輩キツライダイオディズリスコミラビンオンハダイシステイウェットホーシャディソコワイエウェダイフォーハーライデンワチンタイオーデンタイウェッAnd welcome into another riveting edition of the Anime Senpai Podcast. Calm yourself, lords and ladies of the realm, because tonight is quite literally the most iconic night in Anime Senpai history. And you may be asking yourself, well, what could it be? The show just started. How is there so much going on if it's literally only been a minute into the show? Pause. And let me explain. This is quite literally the only multicasted podcast in the entire world. And what that means is not only am I live on multiple platforms, not only am I live on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch channel. Tonight on Twitch, we did something that I didn't even know was possible. So, if you're asking yourself, well, what could it be? Let me tell you. In the Twitch family, I like to go live about 30 minutes to an hour before we record the shows. And the best part about it is, I get everybody hyped. I've created some really cool scenarios, some intro videos, some really cool things that kind of heighten the aroma of what we like to get into, and just to get everybody excited for the show at hand, because I quite literally treat this like a Live television show where you get to sit back. We have an amazing community that you can engage with, talk with, conversate, and enjoy the show in live real time a week before public release and anybody else gets to listen to it. Well, tonight, as I was preparing and as we were having fun and conversating, we found out that there is also a big three. In the anime senpai community. And you may be asking yourself what that means. Well, if you're new to anime and you've never heard of the big three in anime, what that means is there are three prestigious animes that have been around for so long. They are staples in the community and actually have had a pivotal, defining nature of creating an ambience that transcends everybody's limitation of what a true show should be. And so, just like Bleach, Just like One Piece, just like all the other great shows out there, Naruto, I know Dragon Ball isn't, but it's actually a well known show as well and could be on the news tonight. There were three people who decided to start something in the stream tonight that not only led me to dance profusely, to rip one of my shirts off, to throw one of them in the air, to run outside of my house into the street yelling unbeknownstly. I'm pretty sure cops might show up soon to end the stream. We had something called a hype train in the Twitch stream tonight. If you've never heard of it, what that means is people are gifting subs to everybody in the channel. And when you gift a sub, it gives them kind of a prestigious feeling because in my channel and in this community that we've built together, This isn't all about me. This is about all of us. And so, what I've built up is a community where I give everybody crowns. And when you end up becoming a subscriber or somebody gifts a subscriber to you, you are dubbed a crown. And you get to sit at the same table of, as all of us and with your own perspective of everything we are going to conduct in the show. Because I don't believe in presidents or leaders or dictators, I believe in a round table of people who are there together. 
And uh, let's just say a hype train is a building up level tier that gets higher and higher every time people gift subs. We tonight on this show and in the Twitch channel were gifted over a hundred and something like 30 subs tonight. And it was all thanks to everybody in this community. And we now officially have our own big three. Shout outs to Rosa underscore Parks 320. Shout outs to Orlan Foster number 15 and also Quaz02. These three individuals, along with some of the other most immaculate fans I've had, like Gibby, Guku, Little Turbo, I Love Pete the Barber, Scrub Chicken, and plenty more, we had over 130 gifted subs tonight, and it quite literally has broken my reality of what is possible on a streaming platform for podcast hosts. Congratulations and round of applause for everybody who was a part of it tonight. And no, I mean this when I say this, just because you couldn't gift a sub does not mean you are less than anybody else tonight. Just because we have a big three now does not mean you are less than them. We are all a part of this together. And to be a part of this, and if you would like to go back and watch this, and hopefully somebody clips a couple of these so I can use them for social media, these are all going to be saved on the Twitch channel. Go back and watch it and just have a fun time. I literally chugged a beer. That's a real burp, by the way. And I haven't had a beer in who knows how long. We'll probably see how that hits in about five to 10 minutes. So shout outs again to everybody. I am completely honored and privileged to know I'm part of such an amazing community that was able to just be built by just working hard. So know this, and I won't get too emotional or too into anything before we get into the show tonight, but do not let anybody decide for you what your dreams are. Do not let anybody tell you that you cannot accomplish something or let anybody else defer you from the vision you have for yourself and the world you wish to live and be a part of because I'm living proof of it. You will get so many people telling you no. You will get so many people telling you you cannot do these things and never believing in your dreams that that means more than than ever. You are somebody that is chasing something that is a dream. So make it a reality. It should be something that seems impossible. <laughs> and to say that one day we could all be sitting here watching me do this full time every single day seems even unreal to me. But guess what? Doesn't mean it can't become a reality. So thank you again. Shout outs to the big three and welcome to the Anime Senpai podcast. <laughs> so before we move forward, take all of my love, take all of my positivity, because without all of you elevating and raising your frequency to a higher level, none of this would be possible. And I literally would be nothing without you to receive my goodness, my blessings and all of my positivity. So good stuff. And carry on good chap <laughs> so there's so much to do and so little time fall season is in effect there are literally pumpkin spice everything i just drank a pumpkin spice beer shout outs to ace it was delicious <laughs> my mouth is getting a little chapped <laughs> but it's officially now fall season and this is what's crazy as the weather's getting cooler and we're moving towards winter time does, does the spooky st season still hit for any of you? Like, do you guys still celebrate Halloween like we used to as kids? Like, I remember, and I'll do a quick story with you guys. I remember in the, the neighborhood that I'm in right now, I own the house that I live in that I used to grow up in and everything. The crazy thing is, I remember as a kid, 
dressing up and going outside. And this is before social media. This is before cell phones. And there were so many kids outside. Where my neighborhood is, there's a bunch of other neighborhoods all around us. I still remember going outside on Halloween night. There were hundreds upon hundreds of people, all in costumes, all walking around. You had older kids, younger kids, families going around. It was such an immaculate fun time. It almost seemed unreal. It seemed like a world full of so much social interaction and so much love. Is it the same now? Because I kind of feel like it isn't. And I know we work now. I know we get older. I know we have families, responsibilities, etc. But it just doesn't seem the same. And trust me, I've been to my fair share of Halloween parties. They're all a great time. But the kid aspect, I feel like when you're in that imaginative state and you're in that so young, wild and free, no responsibilities, you're not chasing after, you know, a girl or a guy or you're not trying to get off. You're not trying to get drunk when it's just innocence. I feel like it hits differently. And I think that that's something that was a big reminder for me, especially every time I get closer to Halloween, that I can't lose that. No matter how much time may pass, no matter what happens to me or wherever I end up in life, I can't lose that spark. I can't lose that authenticity of somebody who was just purely enjoying the moment. And so I challenge all of you to really get into the spooky season and to enjoy it for what it is. And if you don't care for it, don't mind me. Keep doing your own thing. But don't lose that innocence. That's also, honestly, why I've dictated so much of my time and effort into the anime side of the world is because that is what captures my innocence. Anime is what captures my youth and my focal point on creativity. So that's why I like to protect it and help it grow even further. So shout out to Spooky Season and all the pumpkin spice spice lattes, mocha frappuccinos, beers, and toilet paper, it seems like at this point. (laughs) So I would like to start tonight with some new things because as you're listening to the podcast on all social medias, do not worry if you've missed a live stream on Twitch. We go live every Sunday. Just click the link in the bio. You guys will be able to find it. I have some new segments we're going to start doing on the shows. And what's really cool and what I think is going to be really fun is that now on the podcast, we're going to start something called the Anime of the Week. Y'all want something new to watch? Already seen Boku no people. Don't trip. Anime Senpai has the show of the week coming in hot. So sit back, crack a brewski, and get the popcorn ready because it's time for the Anime of the Week. I want to start doing now every single week, shouting out a new anime show for you guys that I have watched either recently, way back many moons ago, or maybe I remembered because I saw it maybe somewhere down the road. I have watched so many animes, it's almost an injustice for me to not give you guys more to watch. And so I do this on the TikTok side. I give you guys plenty of top 10 shows, anime news and such, which will be the next segment coming up. I wanted to start with the anime of the week. And this week, I wanted to shout out a show that is actually going to be in this month's Patreon episode. If you guys don't know what Patreon is, it is a place that I've created for the community, always expanding and giving you guys more, where depending on where you guys sub, you can do a $5, $10, $20 monthly donation, whatever it is. When you guys sub to the Patreon family, you get free podcasts. And it's free because you're paying, so it it doesn't make sense, but you get podcasts, Okay, And those podcasts 
are only on Patreon. And what those are, are what I do is I watch an entire series and I break it down and talk about the things I liked, disliked, if the show was good, if you should watch it, if there's value to it. We do an entire breakdown. And so I've had some really cool members join me because if you're a Patreon member, not only get to you, you get to listen to the shows, but you could join me as well and talk about the shows. Really cool. This week on the Patreon, I did Domestic Girlfriend. And um, let me take a sip of water real quick, because this show deserves it. <sighs> Quenches my thirst. Domestic Girlfriend is a show that is quite literally the love triangle I never thought I would need in my life. Senpai is a guy who has no drama in his life. Do you know why? I don't believe in any of this stuff of good or bad, et cetera, et cetera. I believe in equality and equality of everything being e evened. I believe in equality for everybody, right? I believe in good of the aspects of always doing what we need to do. I have no drama. I have no need for bullshit. I have no need for any of that. And I stay away from shows that have that as a leading force on the factor. But for some reason, Domestic Girlfriend came across my screen. And when I watched it, let me tell you this and give you the synopsis before we watch the first episode together because, oh yeah, every time we do a new episode of a podcast recording live on Twitch and TikTok, I am also, while we shout out the anime of the week, we're also going to watch the first episode together. I think that'd be very cool to maybe get you incentivized and to give you my quick thoughts about it. This show is based on a young man in school who has a crush on his teacher, but in doing so, it's unrequited love and also that fetish of a kid and the teacher kind of a thing, right? Well, what if I told you that kid goes to a mixer and at that mixer, he meets a group of friends and some new girls from a different school. In doing so, this girl he starts talking to asks him to help her with something, so they leave, takes her, takes him to her house and says, I need you to sleep with me because I want to know what it feels like. And if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So will you help me? And he's kind of like, well, I got to get over this thing with my teacher. Might as well. So he does. And uh, some crazy stuff ensues as well as a plot twist you would have never expected. And all that's in the first episode. So how about we take a moment to watch it together? How does that sound? Let's get it up here. And you guys are not ready for what this is going to be. This is going to be unbelievable. So ladies and gentlemen, sit back and enjoy. This is the first episode of Domestic Girlfriend. Team Hina all day. Toppy, I agree completely. Now, ladies and gentlemen, everybody who is now listening on the podcast, you totally missed out on the first episode of the show. This show and the plot twist that is ensued with this, this just abundant amount of fetishes tied into one big knot, the Oni-chan, I'm stuck in the dryer, and the teacher-child fetish with like the, the student-child thing. It's, it's incredible to see that this show, and I mean this quite literally when I say this, this show is one of the most hot messes of shows I've ever fallen in love with. The OP is immaculate. The character development and the story twists and plot development is supreme. And it is so well done that the ending of this season in one season spurt is going to shock you to your very core. This show is also going to be later on in this podcast of shows that deserve to be remade because this show has a completed mangaka, the manga series. And let me tell you this, this first season not only leaves you on a cliffhanger, the entirety of the manga series also ends in a cliffhanger. This show 
unbelievable. I gave it an 8 out of 10 on the Patreon review. It would have been higher, but I personally believe when I watched the lewd side, it kind of made it lower for me because I didn't like all the additive, you know, like sex scenes and everything. But I will say this again. This show is an absolute hot mess you cannot look away from. It's an accident on the other side of the freeway. Everybody's slowing down to look at. It's insane. And I will say this last statement. You will get my entire thoughts on this show on the Patreon podcast dropping this week. Team Hina over Rui every single day. Every single day. Rui is just like that character in Darling in the Franks. For some reason, reason, short-haired blue girls can't get a hint. When the guy is chasing somebody else, they just can't get a hint, and they still go after for somebody else. So... That's the anime of the week, and I had to shout it out because I quite literally mean this when I say this. That show is actually unbelievable. (laughs) I don't care if you don't approve this nine, Team Hina all day. Rui, I just, the only thing I appreciate about Rui is she is very direct, and she goes after what she wants, but I have so much love for Hina. Get the entire thoughts on the Patreon. You guys will absolutely love it. So now that we have the anime of the week out of the way, it's time to go into the news of the week. I've never been on live television before. Had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband. Don't watch the news. Ain't nobody got time for that. Great story, compelling and rich. Because I'm a kid, and apparently every time Grandpa just gives me the remote after we watch the Powerball. And on the docket for the news of the week, we have some interesting things to talk about because if you guys didn't know, well, in New York that just passed, they had the Comic-Con 2023, and there was an abundant amount of things that were talked about. Pause. Gazutai. There were an a bunch of amount of uh, amount of announcements that came out of this year's Comic-Con. And I want to start with this one because out of the few things that came out of it, there are some things that I quite literally mean are very important. Now, the first one is about Crunchyroll launches the first ever in their career path. I know it was done once in Funimation, but a 24/7 channel. This is unbelievable. And why I'm such a fan of this news is that it is the first time now within my lifetime that I have actively been able to understand, know, and watch it that they have released a 24-7 free channel for you to watch. All supported by ad revenue and ad sponsorship. This is so damn cool. They announced it and said that it is going to launch on these major platforms that you can find it. On Amazon Freebie, on LG Channels, on Ruko Channel, and also Vizio Watch Free Plus. And it's already out. It started Wednesday of the week that just passed. Some of the series that are going to start on this channel are Perimia, which is a sensational slice of life if you haven't seen it, Ranking of Kings. With shoutouts to Prince Boji, Moriarty the Patriot, Psycho Pass, Refuretta, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, not the regular fairy tale, but the Sugar Apple Edition, To Your Eternity, and also Code Geass. All in English dubs, and this will have a great effect on the anime culture. The reason why I say this is so important, and why I had to talk about it and bring it up, is that this shows you again the progression of anime within the Western society 
society, and especially from a broad standpoint of an entertainment stand purpose. This is only going to continue to increase. We are going to have more channels 24-7 for us to watch of anime viewership. I'm predicting this now. There is eventually going to be a channel every single season dedicated to the new weekly releases for every single show that we are going to get excited for, get together, and sit down and watch like we were kids again waiting for Toonami, waiting for Nickelodeon, waiting for Warner Brothers, whatever it may be. This is the future. And I've said this on a recent podcast, and I really do mean this again. Binge watching anime shows is not good for you. It's not good for your digestive state of the show you're watching. It's disrespectful for the amount of content you want to enjoy. And it's the pivotal reason as for why, just like right now, and this is why I absolutely love this news, it only goes on to support exactly what I think. And this is iconic. You want to digest one episode, maybe two to three at a time. Just like we're going to start doing on this podcast now, live on Twitch and TikTok. We're going to watch one episode of every new anime of the week so we can digest it, think about it, and then you guys can decide if you want to watch it further. I think it's good to look forward to something. It's why, at the moment, I don't stream every day. And even when I do become big time and can do this full time, I still won't stream every day because I want you guys to yearn for me. I don't want you guys to have an abundant amount of access to me. It's nice to yearn. It's nice to want to think about it. It's nice to expect me at a different time. So this is iconic news. This is just the start. And trust me when I say this, Crunchyroll, props to you guys for continuing to do a good service for the populace and the public. I absolutely love it. Now, another quick mention, I didn't pull up the page for you guys to see. Crunchyroll is also in a little bit of hot water because they're under like a court case thing right now because basically they were have said allegedly to have sold a lot of people's data and private information. So Crunchyroll is going through like a settlement within the lawsuit. And basically what it means is a lot of people might get like a $30 rebate or something like that back to them. And it's not that big of a deal. There are an abundant amount of different type of apps and programs that have done this all before whether it be Facebook, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. It happens all the time. Your data is highly sought after. It's not to like steal your your credit or like your funds or anything like that. They just want to know what you're watching. They want to know how to sell you better stuff. It's the reason why you and me sitting right here talking about, let's say, surfboards and skateboards. And then for some reason, when you go to Instagram or you go on to Amazon, you see surfboards and skateboards. They're always listening. They want to know information. So that's another thing that Crunchyroll is in a little bit of hot water. But personally... I don't mind it because, again, it's not detrimental to my establishment of livinghood or anything like that. And also, I'm going to keep giving them my money for now for a membership because I do believe this when I say this. It is very important to pay for a membership with anime viewership. So maybe High Dive if you want a different platform or something. I know Funimation is not really around anymore. But I do say that you want to support an anime streaming site because in supporting an anime streaming site, that money goes back to the producers, to the writers, to the animators and continues to grow the marketplace. So I'm all about supporting. I still think that's something to talk about. So Crunchyroll in the news today for two different things. <laughs> now, the second one and this one is actually unbelievable. This is a start of what we talked about many moons ago. And shout outs to Obius for the gifted one tier son to Danny Meadows. Welcome to the family, everybody. And shout outs to you, Obius. Now, Toei Animation has announced 
on the an- on the anniversary of Dragon Ball, a brand new Dragon Ball series coming next year in 2024, fall season a year from now. It's going to be called Dragon Ball Daima. Now, there's a lot of weird mix of emotions and feelings towards Dragon Ball, especially with how the franchise has gone, especially with GT. And I will say this from a very unbiased standpoint. I myself was never really a true follower of Dragon Ball in its later stages of life. I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball Z. Cell Saga is best saga. But the fact is, when you keep extending a franchise, this is my initial thoughts on this, okay? When I heard about this, I instantly thought to myself, oh, they want to take more money from their fandom. And it's true. You cannot argue this point when an anime series that has been around for a long time is not getting a rework done and a remake. They're giving you new extended content. So just like Boruto, whatever it may be, I still think One Piece stretches out its material because Oda the Gota can. I have an issue with it. My initial thoughts were they wanted to take advantage of the fandom of Dragon Ball. And it's true because they know the fandom will watch this because it's been a while since a good Dragon Ball has been out, right? This gave me interesting vibes. It has a old school animation style, almost mixed with a new chibier style of vibe, but it looks good. It keeps the authentic view of the old style. But the only issue I really have with it is that you'll see as it's playing as I'm talking, I just didn't need more from the same series I already liked. My preference would have been for this series if they redid it from the Dragon Ball side. I would have loved a remake because in my opinion, when you bring back a series as iconic as Dragon Ball, and I also think they should have done this with Bleach 2 before Thousand Year Blood War, when it's that old of a show, you need to introduce the new culture, the new fandom, and everybody to it again. So I think what they should have done is done a complete remake from the beginning. A lot of people are saying that might happen with this, just a different story and a different telling of the depiction of Goku and etc. I'm all about that, but again, It just sits with me a little weird at the moment because uh, I wanted something different, right? It's why I'm so excited about Spice and Wolf. I know Spice and Wolf is coming back after all these years and doing a complete remake. I like that. Not too sure how I feel about this yet, but my initial reaction to Dragon Ball Daima is that it feels like they're just trying to milk the GT train some more because GT didn't hit well for a lot of people. So that's the news. It's coming out in a year from now. It does look good. Don't get me wrong. It has interesting animation style. It's just, it feels like a chibi kind of version, but we'll see. Again, I could totally blow past my expectations. It could completely be everything I'm hoping for, and it could be pretty close to a remake again, but it just seems like they're gonna tell you a different type of story, so that's the news for you. There is a new Dragon Ball, and it has been announced. Now, it's time to get to the last news article of the day, and this is in correlation with Comic-Con that just passed in New York. Crunchyroll announced a plethora of shows that are going to be exclusive, only released on Crunchyroll. And one of the shows uh, I'm pretty excited about. So a few of these shows off the top, two of the biggest ones are Kaiju Number 8 and Spice and Wolf, as long with, uh, along with the Unwanted Undead Adventurer, Seventh Time Loop, um, Sengoku, Yoku, and more animes. They have came out and announced that 
they are going to take hold of a lot of new shows and make them exclusive to Crunchyroll, which is very iconic to me and very interesting. So one of these one shows as well is Spice and Wolf. Now, for myself, I'm somebody who's grown up loving Spice and Wolf. I love the fact that I can get this show again and to watch it from the depths of my soul and reintroduce to something I am so in love with, right? I'm very excited. I'm very hopeful and I'm very pumped to see it too. The only thing is that I have some thoughts on this because I'm very excited for what Crunchyroll is doing and this is something again we've talked about. I've said before, I don't want to have so many different streaming platforms to watch all of these new anime shows coming out. And it seems like Crunchyroll is really taking the forefront and starting to get a lot of these shows now to be in-house with Crunchyroll. My vision and my personal goal, so I hope this like lawsuit thing goes away and they can keep moving forward, I'm hoping that Crunchyroll becomes the Amazon of anime. I'm really hopeful that Crunchyroll will literally have every single anime that's coming out, as well as the older ones too. Now, they don't have to be the only place for it. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm very open to having extra sites and different places. Again, like High Dive or wherever you want to go. Even illegal streaming apps for those who can't afford it. But you can still watch on Crunchyroll with just ads, you know? You can still do it freely. I'm just saying this again. I hope and I pray that Crunchyroll becomes the hub for anime. So we can all just sit back open up Crunchyroll, don't have to go to all of these different sites and enjoy it right in front of us. This shows progression. This shows we're moving closer to it. So I'm happy about this. I'm very excited. And also, do yourself a favor. If you've never read anything about this show, go look up Kaiju number eight. You might be insanely excited to see what that show is about because I know a lot of people are hyping up solo leveling. It's at the extent as something like I could say, you know, Chainsaw Man when it was coming out and Chainsaw Man thankfully did deliver for me. But Kaiju number eight, don't let it slip past the cracks for you guys, okay? Kaiju number eight is going to be a banger and also Spice and Wolf, get on it now. Go watch the old Spice and Wolf if you have it. You'll thank me later. <laughs> so now we have all that under the brups. We've touched up on all the news. We've went through and we talked about the anime of the week and watched the first episode together of Domestic Girlfriend, Team Hino over Rui. It's now time to get into the topic today. And so when I was thinking about preparing for the show and getting ready for everything and now sweating through an entirety of three different shirts, one's ripped, I had this thought, right? With the way the world is going and seeing how a lot of these shows from our pasts are slowly going to be coming back because since anime is popular now, since anime is prevalent, we're going to start getting a lot of remakes and a lot of reboots. So I thought to myself, if you asked me and said, Alex, senpai, what shows need to be remade? I have some for you. And I've really thought about this to an extent too, because a lot of the shows and some of the greatest shows we've ever seen to this date of anime are reboots. I'm going to name a few of them for you, too, so you can really understand what I'm saying. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is a reboot. A lot of people don't know this, but Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was its own anime at first. Then they came back, rebooted, and remade it, and called it Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. To this day, it is still the greatest anime show I've ever seen. From start to finish, completion, characters, the growth, 
world building, secondary, fight scenes, corruption, conspiracy, everything. Sensationally done, right? Another one is Dorororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororororor
base premise of expectation. And now you are setting the bar for where you need to be. And so if you do that, and then you start to slack, so say you open the door, like say for myself, right? And I'm taking some lady on a date. Let's say I open all the doors. I pay for dinner. I bring her flowers. I send her cute messages or, you know, I'm very open. I listen. I'm very fluid with my time. We can meet up whenever. We don't have to see each other all the time. Like you set such a great standard of expectation. Oh, I stop opening the door. I start getting naggy. I stop responding as fast. I don't listen as much anymore. You start to fall off so hard, it actually hurts you now more than it would if they knew who you were from the get-go. And trust me, it's always good to seem better than you are, but you don't want to fake it till you make it. You want to act better and become better. The same thing happens in Tokyo Ghoul. That first season sets such a premise of expectation. When you get into season two, you hit a really fast left turn. And you're like, I thought we were going that way. Uh, this is this is a shortcut. This is this is another way to get there. It's just a little bit longer. Uh, okay, I, I, I guess we'll go for it. I mean, you did such a great job getting to this point. I'll give you some time. And then we get to the third season, and you literally tell me to get out of the car, jump on a plane, skydive, and swim to the, sh- the shoreline. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? What are we doing? Like was honestly heartbreaking to know that a show and especially a character like Ken Kaneki who has so much character growth and literally has to embrace himself becoming a ghoul within that first season it's demonstrizing like it's honestly it demoralizes me and it really hurts to know that we never got to get introduced to white suit Ken Kaneki where he is in a different tier level of not only power, but mindset and outlook on the attributes of life. They butchered this show. Without a doubt, if you asked me today and gave me five shows, I could instantly have remade. No questions asked, and they would get the best of the best, full-fledged financial backing and some of the best production companies making it. Tokyo Ghoul is on that list. And you are kidding yourself if you say no because it is such a good story. If you've never watched Tokyo Ghoul, just watch the first season and don't waste your time otherwise. I have a feeling it will come back and it will be remade. Mark my words. Now, the next one on this list, I might upset some people. And just hear me out before you go for the pitchforks and the torches. Another show that needs to be remade and redone is Berserk. Now, if you've never read the franchise or the series, the light novel literature of Berserk, um, first, bless your heart because you are now a happier person without reading all the way to volume 18 or 16, I believe it was, which is just disgusting. Um, This series is probably the greatest I've ever read. And I mean this. I am a diehard fan for Spice and Wolf. As you can see above me, I have their collector's edition, hardcover novel, medieval edition. That's numeraled. It's numbered. It's super expensive. I have all of their literature series above me. I have their spinoff series. I have a tattoo, et cetera, et cetera. That's still not my number one. It's a top three, but Berserk is number one. This show, and I really mean this, it needs the treatment. It needs to have more respect to it because I don't know if you guys know this, but Demon Slayer was nothing before COVID. Can we admit this? Can we talk about this? Do you know that Demon Slayer was nowhere where it is now if it wasn't for COVID? Everybody was locked up. Everybody was staying home. Everybody had time to kill. And it was on Netflix, something everybody is watching. It blew up. Blew up. 
Don't get me wrong. I know the animation style is top tier, but the storyline and progression of everything else within it, it's not that great. It's very simplistic, but it blew up. Now, imagine if Berserk was able to not only get that type of treatment, but also was able to get remade and actually can conduct its story, whether it be, you know, st- these stupid little movie series, these uh, like the it's almost CGI and stuff. It's just not good. Right. The way it is. But the story's immaculate. If it was able to be redone and you could get introduced to Guts again and see this story with his best quote unquote friend Griffith and everything else, like just trust me, the show is not for the faint of heart, but the show itself is one of those shows where I promise you, you are going to be blessed like no one else. It is unbelievable. And I think, again, it is one of the darkest and heart-wrenching, twisting, knife-in-the-stomach things you'll ever watch. So I do believe, again, if you gave me five shows I could instantly pick to have it remade and reworked, this would be on the list. Now, the third one, this one, there was a lot of backlash in the second season. The first season is immaculate. It's a newer show. But the second season utterly destroyed it. I'm talking about this second season did such a bad job, quote unquote bad job. I have different thoughts. Uh, A lot of people were so upset at it. They had some of the most iconically disappointing DVD sales entirely after the second season. The show I'm talking about is Promised Neverland. Now, Promised Neverland, this show, hmm... The first season alone of Promise Neverland is one of those shows where you are thrown in for such a twist in that first episode, you are going to fall in love in the darkest of ways. Because you think it's just an orphanage, and there's just some kids there, and there's Mother Isabella. She's so loving, so nurturing, so pure. She loves her children. She just wants the best for them. Or is she trying to fluff them up to be the healthiest, fattest pigs in the world, the smartest, so something could happen to them? Let's just say, I'm not going to spoil anything, that show and the series behind it and the storyline that's within it is one of the best driving forces in new anime shows. I was so disappointed to know that in the second season, because it got so much love in that first one, they instantly got approved for a second one. The second season of Promised Neverlands, it almost seems like a secret agent from some other production company infiltrated their system, got in the production meetings, literally sat down in the staff meetings and was like, I'm going to run this into the ground and make sure nobody likes the way it ends. It's crazy to me because this show had so much hype. Another intro that's just so dope in the beginning where it's like dun 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 fire. Such a cool intro, right? A saxophone solo and everything. The second season feels a lot like the ending of Darling in the Franks. That second season, they try to rush through so much content, they literally skip parts that are very pivotal to the story. Now, a lot of you may have watched Promise of Neverland, uh, Promise Neverlands, and some of you may have even read the entirety of the series. There's a part in the second season, towards the beginning, when the children are escaping from the orphanage, uh, it's called the Golden Pond Arc. And within the Golden Pond Arc, there's some pivotal things that happen that transpire into when they find this hidden bunker. And in this hidden bunker, there's an entirety of new things that happen that they also gloss over. It left a lot of people upset. 
And you have to remember this about anime fans, especially fans that are very into their field of creativity. And some of these uh, anime fans are very intellectual. They are looking for a reason to be upset. Don't give them a reason to be upset. Don't mess with something that's already done well. Would you like an example of that? I'm on the West Coast. Maybe a lot of you don't know this. In-N-Out Burger has one of the best burgers here. If you tell me they don't, you're full of shit. I've worked at In-N-Out for a few years when I was in college. I've seen the ins and outs of In-N-Out. I don't work for them anymore. They're not sponsoring the show, so I can say whatever I want about them. Their potatoes, like for their fries, people tell me all the time, it tastes like cardboard, dude. They're so bland. Uh, it's because it's literally three ingredients, potato, salt, and pepper. Go any other fast food place, you're getting over 20-something ingredients in fries, okay? It's not good for you. I think the reason why In-N-Out does so well, it sticks to what's good and it doesn't break from it. They don't add avocado, they don't add bacon, they don't need any of that bull crap, okay? Meat, cheese, lettuce, potato, whatever, tomato, there you go. The thing is with this show, and again, it's very heart-wrenching, I was on par, and I've said this and I'll say it again, I've defended Promised Neverland. I think the ending was not bad. I think Isabella and everything that goes on with the show, I called it and I said she's not a bad person. What she's doing to the orphanage and the kids is not really her. And it really wasn't. And she really treated them like her children and wanted them all to succeed and live. But you can't do it in a world controlled by other entities. I think, again, when it ends... And you see how it plays out and the whole mantra of saving everybody, not just us, it left a big bad taste in everybody's mouth. The big bad wolf showed up, right? And they didn't like how the ending sequence was just like a pan over and it was just like kind of like it looked like a montage. There really wasn't any like real ending development, but that wasn't the point of the show. Like I think people miss a lot of the direction with certain things. So I think rather than sitting here and trying to be like, a martyr for the series and sitting here trying to defend it to the end of time. I think the easiest way to move forward with this is just remake it. Remake the show, go back and extend it to three seasons and actually stretch out that entire second season into more depth. Maybe people will give it a better feel then. Maybe they'll give it a better justice and a good due diligence, right? I just don't think people really give credit to certain things and this other show, I really thought about putting it on the list, but I'm not going to do it because personally, I think it's just an art piece at this moment, point of time. Like something like Cowboy Bebop, you don't touch that. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion. Neon Genesis, a lot of people. I'm talking about a lot of people hated the ending of that show. Absolutely hated it. Thought it was a waste of time. Destroyed the franchise. Thought it was too artsy and too reflective. They hated it, right? I would say that's the whole point of the show was to make you reflect. I don't want to redo it. I think it's an art piece. I love the hand-drawn animation, everything about it. I think Promise Neverland needs to be remade. Even though it's really a newer show, I don't like the way it's handled. I don't like the way it's looked. I don't like the way people treat it. So that's my, my thought on that one. Another one that kind of falls into suit with this, Seven Deadly Sins. This is another show I would really like to be rebooted and remade. Uh, if you think about Seven Deadly Sins, this is what's really interesting about it, too. It starts off 
hot, like fire. The seven deadly sins, Meliodas, Diane, Bon, Elizabeth, etc., etc. I mean, the characters are awesome. The unique story setting. I love the plot line, how they're seen as evil entities, but they're really the good guys. The world looks at them as enemies, but they're trying to save the world. Great concept. I love the story. I love the sin tie-in. I love Meliodas's backstory with the Ten Commandments. It's really dope, but it falls off a cliff. After that second season, and even the second season was like, oh, it's okay, it's cool, but what's going on, right? I think they should have legit stopped after season two and just let you read the rest of it because season three is absolutely god-awful. It's terrible. I didn't waste any time with it. I didn't even watch it because I didn't even know where to watch it. It literally was not able to be found unless it was on like Hulu or YouTube or some crap like that. It needs to be remade. It needs to be redone because this is one of those unique shows that I personally would stand up for and I'd hold a pitchfork and saying like, we want this done right. At least end it somewhere more appropriate. And I think Seven Deadly Sins should be one of those shows. Because again, I think a lot of people kind of harp on certain things in like more of a negative aspect than they really should. And I do believe this truly. Oh, Seven Deadly Sins could have been much better. It could have went a little bit better. And I think the animation style was great. It is a newer show. Just go back and fix it, and if you want to reboot it and maybe touch it up a little bit more for more modern standards, sure, I have nothing against it. Just really save it from itself, because that did not end well at all. Now, we'll move forward with a few more. Now, this one is a show a lot of people have been praying will come back. I was one of those people for Spice and Wolf. I was praying for Spice and Wolf to come back, but it did. Another show a lot of people are praying will come back, and I believe it will, and I also believe it will be remade, is No Game, No Life. You can tell everybody that I said it first. No Game, No Life will come back. It will be rebooted, and it will be remade. There is too much meat left on the bone. This series was sensationally loved. Everybody had a good time. Very colorful, very dope, unique isekai setting where it's in a different realm where everything is settled by betting and playing games. No murder, no nothing like that. It's such a cool concept because the story is very immaculate and there's a lot of comedy and attributes added to it from like, you know, fan service stuff. The sister brother thing where they're just so over the top. It kind of leaves me a little weird because I have a lot of love for my sister, but not that kind of fetish wise. It's a little weird, but you understand it's part of the comedy. And like the vibe they have, I'm forgetting the Redheads girl's name, but it's it's really well done. Like I love the series, I love the color again, I love the detail, the description, the the portrayal of where the show is going. There is so much there still to play out in front of us, but I know what they were doing. They were trying to get us hooked to it so we would all go buy and read about it. We would all go invest into the story they already had because anime creation is expensive. I'm not stupid. I know making animes is not cheap and I know it's like millions of dollars at the end of the day. But the thing is, if the fandom is there for it, we just saw One Piece do it. One Piece broke the live action curse and they're going to keep pushing it forward now because the fandom is there. No Game No Life will come back. Mark my words, just like Tokyo Ghoul, it will come back and it will be remade. Just like Spice and Wolf is right now. I have no doubts in my mind. That series is immaculate. If you've never seen it, go watch it. You will have a fun time. And the really cool part about it too is... It's like what shonens do for a lot of people. A lot of people love shonen animes because it's very simplistic. You can sit back, turn your brain off, have a good time, watch some cool fight scenes, see some colorful animation styles and whatnot, and have a good time, right? And then go on with your day. This, this show does that. It captures that kind of an essence, but in a more 
unique and creative aspect. That's what I love. I think it was dope. I see why everybody loves it. So mark my words, it will come back. Now, another show, I might get some flack for this one. I'm glad my buddy Megas isn't here because he rides or dies for this show. Soul Eater. Now, Soul Eater is also a very unique story-wise and story setting. It feels like a Danny Elfman and I'm trying to remember the other guy's name, Tim Burton. It feels like a Tim Burton, Danny Elfman special show. Halloween vibes, very dark and gothic. It has a cool story setting where the Grim Reaper runs this distinguished college where they're training Reapers and these Soul Eaters because they're trying to save the world from this enemy and evil. Frankenstein's one of the teachers. Excalibur! Excalibur! One of my favorite characters, Excalibur. He's supposed to be like the most annoying guy, but I love him. It is such a cool concept, but it falls so hard. The reasons why I say that, just like Promise Neverland, the ending is just too fruity for me, okay? I love Fruity Pebbles. I love some Fruity Jacks. I even love the Captain Jacks, even though it chops up the top of my gums when you eat it without even letting it sog in the milk a little bit. Soul Eater effed itself. It went to uh, kitty with the ending. That's the best simple way I could say it. I didn't like the whole bravery, believing in yourself, bravery punch to the face. Like they're fighting the most powerful entity in the world and she punches it in the face and it loses. What? Like you can't build it up to this certain extent and then have me lift there, like left there feeling like, Really? And it's not even... I defended Neon Genesis. I've defended um, certain shows, uh, Darling in the Franks. I've done something like that, right? This one was just so jarring because the reflection it was trying to make was like, it was too simplistic for me. I'm like, I know. I know you have to believe in yourself. Believe in the me that believes in you. I believe in all that. Trust me. I get it. But it's like... The whole way they built it up for this guy that they didn't want to be reborn to come back. The Grim Reaper himself could die to it. It's like, our main character, she just punches it in the face... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a little biased, you know? I mean, who would have thought? It's the Anime Senpai podcast. I just don't like the ending for it, and I really have a bitter taste in my mouth because, again, it just feels like we were left with too much fruit on the bone, too much meat on the bone, too much fruit on the tree, and it could have done something different. So I, I know a lot of people give it a pass. I know there's a lot of people who say it's one of their favorite animes. There's probably plenty of people in here that would say, don't touch it. Let it be what it is. Okay, that's fine. I would like it to come back, get a more modern touch on, and change the ending. Because if that's also the way the manga ends or the light novel series, well, let's just take this off my list then. <laughs> the next one. Hear me out. Darling in the Spanx. Darling in the Franks. Oh, there's a reason why Zero Two is on my arm. With Sterlitzia, there's a reason why I ride or die with this show. I think it is probably one of the most modern mech shows that does a very good job of creating an ambience of a type of genre that's very fun, very more authentic, and also it makes you feel light and younger at heart with some deeper meanings within it if you pay attention to what it's trying to show you. Zero Two literally became a icon, a sex icon in the industry of anime. Everybody held her to a standard. There are so many people that are around us now who hate Zero Two just for the stigma she has. It's like that mean girl pretty effect where the girl's so cute, all the other girls hate her. She's such a bitch. Why? What does she do? She's donating. She's helping people. She literally gave you lunch and paid for your food because you're going to... She's a bitch. She just does it to do it. It's like, really? You just hate her because she's hot. 
That's the same thing that happened with Zero Two. Everybody hates her because they ain't her. So many people hated Zero Two just because of the light she got and how everybody's at, at like every other waifu that was there at that moment. Go to the back of the line because Zero Two's it. And she was. Her old intro, her playfulness, the fact that she's not human. She's more Kalaxosaurus, but with human kind of concept. But the whole what idealistic she had was trying to accomplish was becoming human. And guess what happens? Guess what happened, boo-boo? Guess what? She found out she was what she always wanted to be. And trying to fit in with everybody else is not going to make you happy. You don't want to be like everybody else. Because guess what everybody else is doing? Trying to figure out who the hell they are and fit in. The lies behind father. The story behind itself. The hero becoming a hero. And them saving the world to finally be reborn and to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And the concept of every... Dude, such a good show. Anybody who hates on Darling in the Franks, you just hate it because he ain't it. Like, I'm really at that factor right now where anybody who really poops on Darling in the Franks... Just admit to yourself, it wasn't easy to follow. Just admit to yourself when it gets to the end, it's not too fast. They literally just had Rem pop up out of nowhere, and now it's like a planet, and they're just spewing out this entity, and then they turn into a ship. That's all. Zero Two's just a ship, and they go there and destroy it. That's all the show was. No, that's not the point of the show. That had nothing to do with the show. They just found a cute way to end it and showed that Hero and Zero Two became one, an entity of combining with your partner to accomplish the unaccomplishable. That's what it was about. It was nothing to do with the ending. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. <laughs> you know, I would like this to be remade. I want to see it from the ground up remade. I want to see it completely redone and come back and extend more of that ending sequence, an extra few episodes, so y'all have nothing to poop on anymore. You'll just be the mean girl that hates the cute girl. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't like people hating on a concept that they really didn't understand. And that's fine. Again, that's okay. I don't understand the whole gripe towards One Piece, but everybody loves it. Everybody praises it. That's fine. You like something that never ends. I'm all for it. I hope Oda does it for another 45 years. I hope they get to 10,000 episodes. Truly. Because if you can invest all that time into that, I applaud you. Now, the next one, I took shots for no reason. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, the next one, this may be a slice of life a lot of people overlooked. And I'll even say this, it's done sensationally well. Oran High School Host Club. Now, this is one of the first light novel manga type, type series I've ever read. I loved it. I loved the concept. I love the, uh, the rotation of the flamboyantry, the beautifulness of all these characters, and how they love to play with all the, the female who becomes a part of them and all also the school setting it's just it's a really tastefully done show it's super fun it's very good conversational wise and it's like um uh, honey and clover where it's a show that a lot of people overlook but if you gave it a chance you'd really enjoy it the series itself classic well done i loved it the only reason i said that it should be remade and to come back is just to give it the exposure it deserves. Have you guys ever found a show or an anime that you loved so much you wish more people would be about it? Do you know what that show was for me? Spice and Wolf. And it's coming back. So I'm happy. This show, it's on a top 10 list for me probably of classic slice of life. Probably is if I really thought about it. Could even push top 5 if I really sat down and went through everything distinctively and cri uh, critically, right? So well done. A lot of fun. The humorous aspects are not over the top. The actual play out of the characters and their design, very well done. I hope it does come back, and I really wish for it to be remade, just like Fruits Basket did, because guess what? It made people fall in love with it. So, hopefully it could come back. Now, another one, I just finished this show, and boy, oh boy. 
Senpai has a fetish with pink-haired waifus. Senpai has a fetish with now crazy pink-haired waifus. Shoutouts to Australian Chris for making this freaking happen. With you know from Future Diaries. Elfin Lied. Within Elfin Lied, this is probably one of the coolest older shows I've seen. The concept itself is one I think a lot of other shows have taken inspiration from. Do you guys remember a show called ReZero? Do you guys remember that there's a group of like these dark followers and worshipers of the book? I'm forgetting the name and everything. And there's that one leader of the dark church that has that ability where those invisible arms come out and he's able to use that to like do a lot of evil and destruction. Um, that's from Elfenlied. Yeah, from the show. There's also other things I won't spoil, but it does come from a lot of inspiration from Elfenlied. This series is older. I believe it's 90s. If not, yeah, I believe it's 90s. This show captured me within the first few episodes. I love the concept. I love the character depiction. I love the old school animation style. And I absolutely love the story and especially how it ended. My only gripe with it is I wish it was a little bit longer because I feel like there was more they could have done with certain characters in positions of where they were put into because they also kind of get through it. It seems kind of quickly and certain fight scenes where there's like these things that uh, Lucy is that fight one another because they're kind of forced to, you might be incredibly happily surprised with not only how this story depicts itself, but the actual portrayal and the motion forward of how the show builds itself up. Let's just say this again, just like a few of these shows, all I would like is for it to be expanded a little bit more and to be redone and retouched so more people respect it. Honestly, it's almost on the level of my serial... uh, my Serial Experiment Lane or something like that. I'm reading the title of it, My Serial Experiment Lane. That also is such a good concept. Cyberpunk scenario where like the real life and internet life and alternate reality versus reality kind of intermingle and become one. That also could be redone. But Elfin Lied? Let's just say it probably is going to be the anime of the week here coming up real soon. <laughs> okay, a couple quick ones now. We're going to go to two older ones from the way back 90s. The first one is Golden Boy. Shout out to my guy, Chris, a.k.a. Megas in the Discord, the Discord manager. He put me onto this show. This is probably, if not one of the best older comedies, next to something like Gintama, uh, Ghost Stories, the dub edition. I mean, there's so many more that I can keep going on, but Golden Boy itself... Is such an interesting concept. And the way this guy rides his bike, <laughs> there's some scenes. Homie is literally getting spat on by this hot girl. He opens his mouth smiling and lets it spit on his tongue. Like, there's those are probably a meme I've, I'm sure you guys have come across here or there within life. This show, and I really mean this when I say this, it deserves way more respect and way more light. Can you imagine it on a modern day animation style? Not even saying like it has to be all AI derivative or computer programming, just more touched up, just to be more focal pointed and have touched up voice actors and stuff. Like this is honestly some beautiful waifu characters, some that I'm gonna stop myself from talking about just to be safe here on these streaming sites. Please do yourself a favor, really go back and respect some of the classic animes because some of them I don't even want to touch. I don't want to touch Samurai Champlo. I don't want to touch Cowboy Bebop. I thought about them. 
I really did because of how far back they are now. Because we saw with Trigun, and guess what happened with Trigun? They did it more darker this time. They didn't do the same way they did Trigun. They went Stampede style, going darker derivative from the manga side. But I liked the old school Vash. I liked the humor behind it. I liked the lessons. I liked the fun. I liked where his brother wasn't as dark. Knives, you know? So I think the older one is actually better than the newer one. But it was nice to see it come back. I just don't want to see that with certain shows. I don't want Samurai Shampoo or Cowboy Bebop to come back. I don't want a lot of these shows to come back because I love them for what they are. Golden Boy, though? There's some shows I think deserve more love and respect. This is one of them. Do yourself a favor. Go watch this show. I would be surprised if, number one, you don't want to go buy yourself a bike to go outside and do some biking. <laughs> but also, don't be upset if somebody wants to spit on you, especially if she's a cute girl. The last one on this list I have to do for us tonight. Initial D. Who would have thought a delivery driver would turn into a night drifter? Uh, I'm sure you guys have probably seen this. This is almost a cult classic at this point because of the car enthusiast tie-in within the anime viewership marketplace style. Initial D is such a banger of an <laughs> podcast. Oh, excuse me. Initial D is such a banger of a show. It makes for riveting conversation, even on a podcast. I can't wait to do Initial D on a Patreon episode because there's so much I could talk about. It's literally like the inspiration, in my opinion, to something like Tokyo Drift for Fast and Furious. And again, I've said this. I will keep saying this. Tokyo Drift is the best of all of Fast and Furious. After that, before that, the first, you know, with Paul Walker, all of them are pretty dope. But Tokyo Drift... Round of applause. Sensational. Initial D has very old school animation style. It makes you almost feel like you're thrown into an older setting. It's like almost like a GTO, Great Teacher Onizuka. Same kind of times frame and everything and animation style. It is so super well done. I mean, pair them up. Let's put them together. Initial D and Great Teacher Onizuka, they need to be respected again. Very dope storyline, almost episodic vibe, very well depicted. The animation uniqueness for all the character depiction is sensationally done. It's crispy, it's refreshing. It feels like a soda pop on a hot summer's day sitting in a pool. <laughs> you know, like, those are just a few. So I'm sure for all of you, if you really think about shows you've watched over your time, and especially things you've been through without your adventure, I'm sure most of us could sit here and legitimately talk about shows we would love to come back, right? And I think that's honestly the best part about all of this is that so many shows, if they were to come back, we would fall in love with them. And there's going to be more. I could have sat here and rifted for an entire hour more about more shows I would love to come back, but I'll save that for another time. I just wanted to give you guys a few that came to the top of my mind that I truly believe deserve to have a remake so people can respect it for what it is. And then eventually, once we have them in and we got them all riled up together, we can bring back shows like Redo of Healer. And yes, I do think Redo of Healer should be redone, as well as Boku no Pico. I'm just kidding. That's for Senpai number two. Don't watch that show, kids. It's about kids, not about kids. Uh, I do believe, though, some shows like that really have a great time. I really do believe this. I do think it is a good time, and I do think I challenge all of you. Really sit down and think to yourself, what are some shows, if you were to bring it back and have full support, right? Like, I'm talking about 
everybody gave you full support. I'm talking about the financial investment, the production companies, the uh, ownership rights. If they asked you, what shows do you believe need to be remade because you think they were either done unjustly or needed to be done more hypely to get more people enabled with it and to promote it and to respect it, what would you choose? What would you pick? These are just a few of my favorite things. <laughs> I think it's fun, and I think it brings for a better concept, because think about it again, right? The way that the world is going, and the future of anime, and animation as a whole, we are really not far off from AI-generated shows. We are not far off from AI programming dominating a marketplace. And I mean quite literally taking over everything to where you give it a plot, you type it in, you give them character design, you give them the derivative of where to go, and it writes the rest of it for you, and it does it as well. It's a scary place to think about. Honestly, I hope as fandoms as us, that's why we keep supporting shows that can actually, or companies that are actually investing in good companies. That's why I like Crunchyroll. That's why I like the premise of what they're trying to promote. We have to promote that stuff. Us as viewers, our watch time is our investment. Make sure we invest it in good things. That's why bringing back older shows, I think is almost, like hear me out on this, I think bringing back older shows is almost like a touch of investment into having people be interested in shows predating the shows we know today. So early 2000s, 90s, 80s. Like, can you guys imagine an Astro Boy anime coming back? Can you? Do you know, like, they tried to do that as a movie and brought that back for a little bit, but can you imagine an animated series of that? They did with Dororororo. Dororororo? Dororo is an older show too, came back and it's extremely well done. How about Gundam? Can you guys imagine a modern day Gundam truly done right? I don't know if you've ever watched Gundam. The series completely died off and it was for their merchandise and like their little building mobile suit Gundams that actually carried their franchise. Can you imagine? Like I was even thinking about a show like Fist of the North Star, but I feel like that's what Baki is now. Baki took the inspiration from Fist of the North Star brought it into its own realm, and made a great show. And look how good Baki's doing. Like, truly think about that. I think older shows are better written than most modern shows. That's why I've said that before, that older animes are better than newer animes, and a lot of concept. Even though a lot of new shows a lot of people have on their favorite listings, if you really go back and write and talk about comparison of some of the most iconic shows that are in their dates, I feel like early 2000s and 90s anime was like the best time we've had so far. And we're getting into some good ones. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited about Vinland Saga. I'm very excited about a lot of modern shows. There's just certain ones that I think will be undefeated for a long time. Now, also, because I'm very biased, I'm going to throw this one in real quick. Uh, Sword Art Online. I wish Sword Art Online was able to come back and be remade, but completely take out Alfheim. Don't even go into Gun Gale. Go strictly from uh, SAO the first season at Aincrad and just expand that. I know they're kind of doing that now in that once the movie series and stuff they're doing, but if you really could just redo SAO and really focus on Aincrad and then just adapt into Alicization, I'm telling you right now, people would respect, people would respect the shit out of SAO because Alicization and the Aincrad part of SAO is some of the best. I know a lot of people respect Gun Gale, but just didn't do it for me. I didn't like Kirito being like a shrill of himself, but that's just a bias show I really think would be done too. Really well done, but hopefully you guys enjoyed. I am so thankful again for 
I'm so thankful again for the big three tonight. I'm not sure if they're still here in the live show, but shout-outs to Rosa, shout-outs to Orlan, shout-outs to Quaz. You guys are insane, man. You guys literally made my night so real. I have a headache right now because of how over-the-top I got into the whole first hour of the show. We had such a sensational time. Shout-outs to everybody else who was here for the hype train, and we literally broke the hype train. We, we accomplished all 10 levels. We have, like, new emotes now for the Twitch side, so shout-outs to Gibby, shout-outs to Guku, shout-outs to Little Turbo, shout-outs to Pete, shout-outs to Scrub, shout-outs to Obus, shout-outs to all of you guys. You guys literally made this such a sensational night. I am forever grateful and forever honored to have all of you here. Shout-outs to everybody who's been here since the beginning. Rafi, Senpai version 2, shout-outs to Shane, Austin, Space Cowboy, everybody, dude. Like, you guys have been here for so long. It's such a fun ride to see where this is going to go. And I have so many expectations of not only constantly challenging myself, but you guys will hear in these podcasts as you're listening to this, even more expansion, more... Uh, Imaging, more pieces done, more creativity, more guests on the show, more good Patreon episodes, more TikTok content. Like, it's only up from here. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart for even staying a while, for a moment of your time, or the entirety of the show. You guys have made this what it is, and it honestly is a breath of fresh air to know there's people out there who really enjoy my talent. There's people who really enjoy me just talking from the heart and sitting down here to show you there is people out there who really are talented and it's just up to us to find them to give them the spotlight they deserve and I plan to do that the bigger I get so if you're new make sure you like the show on wherever you're listening there are a plethora of ways to enjoy the concept of the show join the discord we have a great family there shout outs to everybody who's a part of it shout outs again for you being here for all of this as well like subscribe be a part of the family and be here for what's next because there's a certain thing that only the live viewers get and that's well also senpai without a shirt now but also they get to enjoy these podcasts live and then they are the ones to enjoy it a week before anybody else so i love you guys all i'm extremely grateful and so thankful to see what's to come i'm even more excited to see you guys next week <laughs> anime senpai out <laughs>